Well, that was great singing this morning, and uh, thank you. Man, I tell you, there's few things that are more exciting than to see a new believer get baptized and to see uh, him stand and declare, I want everybody to know that I know Jesus. Amen, Branson. Wow, what a, what a thrilling time in your life, and... Uh, I hope as a church, you never get tired of that, folks. <laughs> that ought to just, man, make it jump for joy, huh? Yeah, amen, right. Yeah. Folks, come on. Amen. amen, thank you. All right, well, um, please open your Bibles with me. By the way, welcome to Herod's. Let me add my welcome to Scott and Mitch's as well. Uh, Paul and Diane are away at a counseling conference for the weekend, and so be praying for them throughout the day as they finish that up. But uh, we're glad for those of you who are here and any of you who are visitors with us as guests. We're thrilled that you're here. And don't forget, as Mitch mentioned, to stop at the Welcome Center uh, on your way out of the building um, after our service here. Uh, open your Bibles with me, as I mentioned, to Psalm 23, and if you would stand, we're going to read it together. We did that last week as we began our study with the 23rd Psalm. We'll have it on the screen for you. I should also mention if you would like to have a Bible in your hand as you read, we're reading in the NIV because we are talking about that may not be as familiar for as many of you, and, and we want to get beyond this, the familiarity of, of it. When you memorize the translation, you know all the time it helps to, to do it in another translation. So that's what we're doing. The Bible's under the chair in front of you. Want one, page 382 there, the 23rd Psalm, and we're going to read Psalm 23 together. Are you ready? Amen. All right, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So now that you stood up and sat down, and uh, I don't know, I, I'll ask you, are you tired this morning? <laughs> Did I wear you out, right? Uh, it's like sometimes Sunday morning, it's like, oh, do we have to stand? Uh, but yeah, yeah, are you tired? And, and, and you should think about that. Are you weary? Some of you may be, You've, whatever you're going through in your situation in life, you may feel spent. You may use the word worn out. You may be exhausted and say, I am drained. I am wiped out. Do you feel that way this morning? 
Uh, a good chance that some of you do. Um, and just like this bear, right? Uh, but, uh, or maybe, maybe, maybe it's not tired. Maybe it's not weariness. Maybe you're restless. Maybe you're irritated. Maybe you're annoyed, you're stressed, you're tense, you're on edge. You know what it is to be on edge? Huh? Ask your wife or husband or kids or whoever, right? Somebody who, they'll know what, they can tell you whether you're on edge or not. Are you bothered? Are you just simply not happy? A lot of people, even as believers, we call them grumpy Christians. It's not good, right? Is that where you are? And sometimes we, we get stressed out and feel like this guy here and just like you don't know what in the world to do. Um, but you know you are not at peace and you're simply saying, I'm tired of it all. I, I'm, I'm, I've had it. And you may be there today, you may have been there, you may be there one day if you haven't already, but as we think about that, tired of it all, tired of being tired, right? Sometimes that's the way we put it. National Sleep Foundation, I didn't know there was such a thing, uh, but when you Google it, yeah, it pops up. And National Sleep Foundation did a survey and found out that three, <laughs> believe this, Three days a week, the average United States citizen is uh, tired three days of the week, at least. Now, there are only 16% of people who responded who said, nope, I don't feel sleepy at all during the week. I'm like, who are they? <laughs> wow. All right. I see some of you already. Uh, no, just teasing. Um, but uh, as we talk about that, being tired, it's just so easy to say, right? Oh, I'm tired. I don't know. I said it this morning, and I was really thinking about it. In fact, I had to stop myself a couple times because I said to people, I said, how are you doing? I said, I'm tired. I said, but I can't go there because I'm preaching about that this morning. <laughs> and then you're going to say, wait a minute, I was talking to you in the hallway. You said you're tired. Well, I'm not saying it's wrong to say it. But we go on and on and on, I'm so tired, right? Or I'm too tired to do anything. Maybe that's not the problem. Maybe it's not too little sleep. Maybe we're too busy and we just wear ourselves out. Maybe we're in too much of a hurry most of the time and we can't keep up. Maybe... We're worn out. Maybe we're tired of it all because we don't have time for Jesus. And as you think about that this morning, the 23rd Psalm has some answers. And let me ask you to answer this question. Ask it of yourself. How would Jesus live if he were me? If he were you? How would Jesus live if he were in your shoes? What would he do? Would he do the same things? Would your life be different if Jesus was living in you? Um, as we think about that, following Jesus has to be in your schedule. It has to be part of your to-do list if you have such a thing. Or maybe you got it on your phone or your tablet or your computer or your calendar on the wall. Or some of you, if I say day timer, 
will, uh, the older folks will understand what that was. If you're going to have a relationship with Jesus, you've got to have it in your calendar or it will never happen, or at least so that all seems in our day and age today. But here's the rub. Honestly, most of us are too busy to follow Jesus. Think about it. We're too busy to really step out and follow Jesus. And we think it's okay. We think it's okay when we say, I'm, I'm too busy. We think it's okay when we say, I don't have the time right now. We think it's okay. Folks, I got to tell you, it's not. And I don't think God thinks it's okay. So what are we going to do about it? Well, the Lord, our shepherd, has a solution. Absolutely. He's all I need. We talked about that last week, and so that's been kind of our theme as we start in the 23rd Psalm. He's all I need. Last week, we, uh, we said, we walked through verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. We said the Lord, the Lord Jehovah, right? The Lord who has an intimate, personal relationship with us. The Lord who we can know. He it is. He's my shepherd. That would indicate a relationship. When we say the Lord is my shepherd, there's something there that makes it able for us to say, my. And, and what that would be is what you heard from Branson this morning, that he came to a point in his life where he recognized his sin, that there was nothing he could do about it. No external help was going to help with addictions and all the rest of it were going to help him find meaning and purpose and satisfaction. None of that was going to take care of the sin problem. And when he came to know Jesus Christ by faith, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and what Jesus did on the cross when he died in our place for our sins, he got saved. And he publicly told you about that this morning. My shepherd, shepherd, the one who cares. John and Jackie referred to sheep, and, and you have the shepherd who, they're kind of shepherds of that community group, right? The flock there. And, and a shepherd cares. A shepherd does feeds. A shepherd is the protector. A shepherd gives direction. A shepherd watches over. Shepherd makes sure you don't get lost, and if you do, the shepherd comes looking for you. A shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. And we said, so What? David says, okay, because he's my shepherd, I lack nothing. In other words, there's nothing that I need. I don't lack any good thing because the Lord is my shepherd, huh? Wow. And as we talk about it like that, as we think about it, in other words, we say, I am content with what the Lord has given me. I don't need anything else. Oh, we talked about the difference between desires and wants, right? Sometimes we think, I need that. Need. And, and, and the difference, and I said desire, I mean the difference in needs and wants, that we think we need something. 
right now that the Eagles are the only undefeated NFL team left, I maybe just jinxed them for this afternoon, I don't know, but, but oh, I got to have, uh, one, I got to have an, an A.J. Brown jersey, I, I need that. You'd say, no, you don't need that. You want it, right? And there's a difference. And the Lord makes sure that he provides what we need, not necessarily what we want. I am content with what the Lord has given me this morning. Verse 2, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack lack rest or refreshment. That's where we're going, verse 2. I shall not lack rest or refreshment. Thus the talk about being tired or worn out or tired of it all or too tired or so tired or whatever it may be. Verse 2, Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. In his book, A shepherd looks at Psalm 23. I made reference to this last week by Philip Keller. This book's been around a long time. A couple million copies have been sold. I'd highly recommend if you haven't read this book or don't have it, get a copy. You can find it on Amazon and it's there. Great read for you. Philip Keller talks about the difficulty of getting sheep to lie down. He was a shepherd for years. He was a pastor as well. And he could know when he says you can't get them to lie down when they should, he speaks from experience. And he says in his book, he said that there are four reasons why sheep won't lie down. And, and this is what the strange thing about sheep is that because of their very makeup, it is almost impossible for them to be made to lie down unless four requirements are met. And I'm going to talk about those because I think they fit us. They fit us. So four requirements necessary for rest and refreshment. Number one, you got to get a grip on your fear. Sheep will not lie down if they're afraid. They, They just won't rest. They won't get refreshed. They won't be quiet. They won't be at peace if there's fear in their lives. This past week in my Bible reading, I was reading through Mark chapter 4, and if you want to look at that or just, it's the, one of the stories of Jesus uh, in the boat out on a lake in the middle of the storm. And he had just been ministering with the disciples and, and they said, hey, let's go over to the other side of the lake and jump into the boat. They did that. When Jesus got into the boat, he laid down on the cushion and fell asleep. The storm came up, the wind's blowing, the waves crashing over. And what did the disciples do? They, they're scared to death. They're thinking, and they go to the Lord and wake him up, Lord, don't, we're going to drown. Don't you care? He's their shepherd. Of course he cares. And, and, and in verse 40 of Mark chapter 4, he said to his disciples, after they woke him up with that, they woke him up, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Wow. And it's like, you know, one of the first ride-alongs I did, I did with my son as a, as a, a police chaplain. And I, I'm not a chaplain in uh, North Carolina where he lives, but I went out and there's a whole lot more things going on in Charlotte, North Carolina than there is in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. And I went out with him and Jane was a little nervous and I said, listen, if there's anybody 
I'd rather be with that I don't ever have to worry about having my back. It would be my own son. I know he'd be watching out for me. If I'm in the car with him, we're, he's going to make sure I'm okay no matter what. If you're in the boat with Jesus, if you're going through life and the storms and the waves with Jesus, do you think he cares if you drown? Of course he does. We can't allow fear to grip as Jesus said to them in verse 40. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? No faith? Wow, that must have been like a slap in the face to those guys. Why are you afraid? I mean, he, he, it's almost like Jesus, don't you have faith? I'm here. Hello. Right? I, that's not how he said it, but it was, uh, wow. We could go over and over and over again throughout Scripture and find all kinds of times when Jesus or somebody, one of the leaders in the nation of Israel or one of the apostles said, don't be afraid. God said to Abraham, when Abraham said, I'm childless, how do I, how do I get the promise that you made for me? And, and he says, God says to him, do not be afraid. To Isaac, and the same thing, how's the promise going to carry through me? Do not be afraid. To Jacob, when God told him to take all of his family to Egypt, he's like, how do we do that? Do not be afraid. When he said to Moses, who were telling the people, don't worry, when they were at, backed up to the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his army were coming, he said, hey, do not be afraid. You will never see these Egyptians again. Whoa. And they didn't. We could go on to Joshua. When Moses died, he says, Moses, your servant is dead. Do not be afraid. To Jeremiah, to Ezekiel, to Daniel, the angel to Joseph, Mary's husband. Do not be afraid to take unto you Mary as your wife, right? He said later to Mary, do not be afraid. He said to Paul, do not be afraid. Folks, fear is an indication that you lack faith. Huh? Tell you what, the whole COVID thing stirred up fear like we haven't seen in a long time. All kinds of fear that we do not be afraid. Acts chapter 27, you could read that story when Paul was in a boat full of 273, I think the number was, uh, individuals and they were they were moving and they came into a storm and they're throwing everything overboard so that the the ship will be light and and they don't know what they're going to do and and God comes to Paul in a dream and tells him hey don't worry everything's going to be all right nobody's going to you're not going to lose anybody nobody's going to die and so Paul gets up and he tells everybody on the ship because the soldiers were going to start doing, getting rid of some of the uh, prisoners that were on that ship. And Paul says, no, can't do that. And this is what, as he says in verse 25 of Acts 27, read the story. Just go to the end of Acts 27 and read the story. This is what Paul says. He said, and God came to me, an angel, I had a dream. And this is what he said. And, and then he concludes and he says, verse 25, so you keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he, who? God told me. That's faith. 
It will happen. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. We have the Bible, folks. God tells us all kinds of stuff in here that we don't need to be afraid of because this is, I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me right here. And if it's here, we don't need to fear. Because sheep will not lay down, they will not be at rest, and neither do you and I who know Jesus rest with fear in our lives. We're angry, we're upset, we're tired, we're worn out, we're not interested, we're on edge, you name it, because we're not resting. Secondly, sheep won't rest if there's tension. Tension. And you need to battle the tension in your life. Anybody have tension in your life? Maybe we could use the word stress. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stress is one of those overused words that's just an excuse that when, when we don't like what's going on. I'm not saying that nobody's living under stress, but Jesus said those sheep all within, have you ever heard of pecking order? That's about a, a bunch of chickens and hens all together. There's a pecking order. Everybody, that, those chicken know who's in charge. They know who's the, the big boss of the bunch, right? There's a pecking order. Every other animal kingdom has the same thing. Uh, cows, they have what they call... Um, the uh, horning order, you know, they got the horns. Well, that's uh, the sheep have a budding order, and I'm not talking about the lower end. We're talking about head budding. That's what sheep will do. And there is a pecking order with sheep. And the biggest, meanest, nasty sheep will take charge and go around getting what they want by bumping people, butting heads with them till the other sheep moves on or is intimidated and, and moves away. Ongoing conflict and jealousy within a, a flock of sheep is, doesn't help those sheep rest and be settled. They're always discontent. They will never lie down and rest. And the same thing is true in the church today. Conflict and jealousy within the church can hurt the church, creates discontent within the church, and there's always somebody who's trying to get their way and wants it this way and doesn't like it if it's that way and will make it known and bother people and irritate people with the tension. That's what Paul talked about. We spent a year, over a year, about a year and a third on 1 Corinthians. In the beginning of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, listen, he says, you need to agree with one another. I hear that there are divisions. You cannot have divisions. He says you must be perfectly united. In the first church in Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 6, the church was going well. All of a sudden, there, there began to be some division. There were two groups of widows. There was a group of Hebrew, Jewish widows. And there was a group of Gentile or Greek widows. And the Greek widows weren't getting fed or taken care of like they thought they should. So they came to the apostles who were functioning as the pastors of that church and said, hey, this isn't right. And what did they do? They picked seven men full of the Holy Spirit. We call them, we think they're a precursor to deacons, and they had them taken care of. Tell you what, our deacons, we got some great deacons here because they were involved in your life. 
And they solved that problem. But you want to have to understand that that issue that was going on there in Acts, it was a whole lot more than just food going on. There was division. There was jealousy. There was battling for importance. And that's what was going on. And they solved that. That's what James is talking about in chapter 4 and verses 1 to 3. And we could walk right through those verses. Verse 1 of James chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels? Fights and quarrels among you. He's talking to believers. He's talking to people who know Jesus. And he says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires? What you want? Doesn't say from your needs, from your desires, that battle within you? Verse 2, you desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. Again, these are believers that James is writing to. He continues on. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. And then verse 3, when you ask God, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. What was the motive? That you may spend what you get on your pleasure. You see, that's not a need. It's a want. And what happens? Division. It is the presence of the shepherd when the sheep are going at that and trying to vie for uh, attention and take the top spot. And when there's tension within the group, the shepherd shows up, it just stops. When we recognize Jesus in our midst, there can't be that tension and conflict amongst God's people. It just goes away. That's why Jesus says in verse 4 of Psalm 23, for you are with me. Your presence. Wow. Thirdly, you've got to overcome your aggravation. You can't rest if you're aggravated. It's the same thing with sheep. Well, what's the aggravation? Philip Keller talks about how, especially in the summertime, sheep have all kinds of bugs and flies around them. Nasal flies and flies that get in their ears and their eyes. And, and, and they get all kinds of other bugs and they get ticks. And, and, and they, can't, they can't rest when they have those flies and gnats and mosquitoes and ticks all, all climbing all over them. We, when I was a youth pastor uh, at, at a church down in New Jersey, we had a camp that was right on the Delaware River, New Life Island. And for years, you'd walk onto New Life Island, and, and all it was was this, all the time. So you'd always want to wear a hat and sunglasses, but then they'd get under your sunglasses. They, and then you got to take your glasses off, and you're always doing this. In fact, somebody made a T-shirt with, with some arms flailing like that because that's what the camp seemed to be more about. And, and that's irritating. It's aggravating, isn't it? You're just constantly, oh, oh. You've been that way with mosquitoes. That's the way the sheep are, and folks, that's sometimes the way we as believers are. We as the Lord's sheep are like that little pest that annoy us, that aggravate us, that irritate us, that frustrate us, that distract us from the awareness of the presence of God in our lives. Have you ever gotten so wrapped up in an aggravation and irritation you just totally forgot about God? Anybody, I won't ask you to raise hands, we do this often. Anybody struggling with road rage lately? 
because that guy across the street broke the law because he didn't let you go straight and turned in front of you and then that irritate you and then aggravate you well when we realize the presence of God was within us what do you think if they pulled into our church this Sunday morning oh man hope they didn't see me the aggravation and the irritation that comes and and like those gnats and sometimes those little pests are people Whatever it may be that annoys us, that we let bother us, it's the presence of the shepherd. He alone can alleviate and care for the irritations that rob us of the rest, the refreshment that our shepherd wants us to have. And whether that shepherd cares for his sheep with insecticides or oil that can soothe and and calm that sheep so that they can rest and be refreshed. It's only as we rest in his care that we can find contentment. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. Don't let those things bother you. Don't be anxious. But he says, in every situation... You could say in every irritation, in every aggravation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God, help me. I don't know what to do. I'm so irritated by, God, would you take that? Would you help me to see you? Would you help me to lean on you? Would you help me to trust you? That's what that shepherd does for us and then fourthly you can't find rest and refreshment when you're hungry anybody know what hangry is it's when you're hungry and get angry anybody been there right sheep will not rest they will not lie down when they're hungry Their hunger has got to be satisfied. we got to satisfy your hunger. That's what verse 2, he makes me lie down in grassy green meadows. The translation we have right at the front of that little uh, notebook that we put together for you, that's a a loose American English, uh, I should say, uh, translation, and it says, he makes me lie down in grassy green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful waters. Listen, when you're hungry, that won't happen. But he leads you to those grassy green meadows because that's what sheep eat. That good green grass. And if you've ever been to Israel, there's not a lot of it. It seems like out around Bethlehem and out where there's a lot of sheep, they're everywhere, but, but there's all kinds of dust and dirt, and it's like, where's the green grass? Well, the shepherd has to work hard to provide that. Sheep will not lie down if they're hungry, and they won't just lie down where there's nothing to eat. And those green grass, those green pastures, those green grassy green meadows don't just appear out of nowhere. It's because the shepherd worked to to get rid of rocks and to clear away brush and old trees and roots that was in the ground and, and to till that soil and prepare that soil and cultivate and plow and and disc it all and get it all ready and it's a lot of hard work to clear the land to get rid of the rocks and the weeds and the brush and and 
the preparation and the planting of that grass, the seed and then the cultivating and the watering of it so you ultimately can have some green, grassy meadows for the sheep to eat. But it's the shepherd who does that for us. He provides for our nourishment. That's an amazing thing. He makes sure there's always grass to eat. He makes sure there's always still water from which to drink. Or even if those sheep have been injured and and to be cleaned off and the wounds washed out in a still quiet pond as opposed to a rushing river, that won't work. And that's why it says in the peaceful waters. It is the shepherd who provides the nourishment. Listen, it is the presence of God and his word upon which we feed. Here's where we get the green grass. Here's where we get the still waters. Here's where we get the nourishment. Here's how we satisfy our hunger. The truth that God gives us. Are you hungry? Are you, as a believer, if you know Jesus today, are you hungry for God's truth? Are you looking for that grassy green meadow where you can feed to your heart's content, that quiet, still, peaceful water where you can drink and be satisfied? It's right here. And when we don't know what's going on, when we're full of fear and we're tense and we're irritated or aggravated, we get fed from his word so that we have answers and direction so that we can grow and be nourished to move beyond all those things that keep us from resting. Psalm 119, I'd I'd love to just take the time to read it. I believe it's 176 verses, the longest chapter in the Bible, the longest chapter in Psalms, certainly, but it talks about the Word of God. David said, thy word, God's word have I hidden in my heart so that I won't sin against him. Go, just read Psalm 119. Full of the word of God. So in light of what we've just heard this morning, what do you need to do? I want to go back and say, you may not be tired or you may be really worn out, so tired, too tired, just plain old tired and weary. And it may simply be because you're not spending time with God. You're not being nourished in the truth of God's word. You're not knowing who God is and drawing closer to him. You may know the facts, but you don't know him. We talked about that. And it's important that we feed on the word so that we can know our shepherd. The Lord makes me. Look at that verse 2 is what he says. He makes me lie down. The Lord, my shepherd, makes me lie down. It's not an option. It's not just an offering that he throws out there. Hey, if you'd like, here's something. You can lie down if you want. David said he makes me lie down. Which means we have to get beyond our fear and our tension 
and our aggravations and our hunger. Because He's in control. Listen, He makes me lie down. You know sometimes, have you ever been in a place where you know God just put you down? I think God does that physically to us sometimes. He just puts us down. Brings things into our lives that we can't do anything but just rest, sit down, and stay put and wait for what God's trying to do in our hearts. He makes me lie down. Who wouldn't want to rest when God's providing all that we need to be refreshed? Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How about that? Come to me. You see, we get irritated. We're full of stress. We're stressed out and tense. We're worn out. We're, we're, we're full of fear about all kinds of stuff. And we won't rest. And we need refreshment desperately, but we won't lie down because of those things in our lives. And Jesus says, come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened. Are you weary and burdened this morning? Come to Jesus. And you will find rest, Jesus says that. Man, that's good. Not because I said it, because that's what David, that's what the Word says. God wants us to come to him, come to Jesus, and he will give you rest. Listen, Psalm 23 doesn't begin with a loud trumpet blast doesn't proclaim all the kinds of activity that we need to be involved in. You need to do this, you need to do that, and do all these things just so that we can know and experience the presence and the power and peace of God. What he says, if you want to know the presence and the power and the peace of God, he says, lie down and rest. Find refreshment in the Lord my Shepherd, because he has provided all I need. All I need. I can't think of a better way to move. Well, there probably is, but a really good way today to move into the Lord's Supper, communion. And I hope, you know what, maybe this morning our time with the bread and the cup the representation of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed, given for us so that our sin could be forgiven. Maybe this morning that can represent for you some rest. Because just like Psalm 23 can be so routine, we miss the point. We forget it. We take it for granted. We, we just move through it like it's just another something, truth. Communion can be the same way, right? 
We can go each month as we celebrate together to remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross when he shed his blood for us and gave his life, died on that cross in our place, paid our debt so that our sin could be forgiven. And sometimes it's like, yeah, I I remember that. But Jesus said, don't stop remembering. And that's why we do this. And maybe this morning you just need to remember what Jesus as your shepherd did for you on the cross and just rest in him. We're going to pray together and I'm going to give you an opportunity as we get ready to partake of the bread and the cup that symbolize the Lord's death on the cross for us, the giving of his life, the forgiveness of his sin, of our sin. And as you think through, examine your own heart. Do you need rest today? Are you at odds with another brother or sister? Is there tension in the body of believers that you know? Are things not as they ought to be? Are you afraid of something? As you take some time to talk to God, I'll lead us out and then give you an opportunity just right where you're seated, praying to yourself, talking to God about the rest that Jesus provided when he gave his life on the cross to forgive our sin. And then we'll partake. But remember what Christ did and rest in the forgiveness of sin and the victory for all we need. Let me pray, and then you pray silently there in your seat. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to to die on the cross to pay the penalty, the debt that we owed you because of our sin. God, we deserve death and hell. That's what, that's what you said. And yet because you loved us, you sent Jesus to die for us. God, thank you. And thank you that there are those here today who know Jesus Christ, who have trusted Christ for the forgiveness of their sin, who have put their faith in what Jesus did and have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and have been forgiven and made no longer an enemy but a child of God. Oh Lord, as we begin this communion time, the Lord's Supper, I'd ask that you would cause us to look at our hearts, our lives. And examine how we're doing with one another, with you, as we remember what Jesus did for us.
Father, thank you for the rest that is possible because Jesus went to the cross so that our sin could be forgiven. Father, I pray if there are any here today who do not know you, that you would open their hearts to their need of Christ. And as we remember what Christ did for us, oh God, don't let it just be a routine thing. Don't let it just be a traditional thing. Don't let it just be a familiar thing that we just do each month and just so we can say we did it. But God, I pray that it would be a reality that we would really think through all of what Christ did to meditate, to rest quietly and remember what Christ did on the cross for us for it's in his name I pray Amen